Hello, happy new year, sickos. I hope that 2024 is treating everyone well so far. Uh, I, for one, am pretty psyched to see the other side of 2023. Um, and I am, you know, trying to be relatively hopeful for the year to come. Um, we are currently in Massachusetts having a pretty big snowstorm which is kind of fun um and also a huge COVID surge which is not fun sounds like most of the country uh, is also experiencing a pretty big one I read somewhere that it was like the biggest surge that we've had since Omicron um so I'm sure you all have been experiencing this as well, and I hope you've managed to dodge it and continue to um, by some amazing luck so far. I have not gotten it, um, but I have known like over 20 people in my small town who have gotten it in the last like month and a half, so doing doing my utmost not to get it but um you know at this point there's only so much we can control so yeah just crossing my fingers and wearing my mask everywhere and seeing very few people um but next week a week from today is my birthday and I am excited and I'm gonna have a little party but it's going to be very little. It's going to be masks on. It's going to be tests required. Um, taking all the precautions I can while still getting to celebrate a little bit. I'm definitely kind of a birthday baby. I like really love birthdays and I really love my birthday. Um, so yeah, um, that's what's up with me. I've taken the last two weeks off for holidays and just to kind of rest and recoup a bit the end of last year really kicked my butt so needed a little time but there's good news going forward I think I mentioned last episode that I received a grant from the Montague Cultural Council which is the like arts council in my little town um and with that money I have just recently last night purchased a new laptop and a podcasting microphone so we'll see this might be my last episode (laughs) recording on my dinky phone I'm going to be teaching myself how to use the like real deal podcasting software and all that stuff so bear with me but I think better audio is on the horizon um I'm hoping that the new year and this grant will also um, mean that I can start having some guests on the show and um, kind of, yeah, be a little bit more ambitious about what I bring with you, uh, bring to you guys each week. And I'm hoping to make some fun merch. Um, Yeah. Lots of, lots of plans and thoughts. Um, in the meantime, like I said, next week is my birthday, so I'm not entirely sure if I will put out an episode next week, but um, 
I will stick to my weekly schedule, I think, as much as I can. Um, I might, you know, miss a few here and there while I kind of get my more ambitious plans together. But basically, long story short, watch this space, bear with me, and I'm really excited to see what, uh, yeah, is in store for the new year. Um, for today's episode, I think I'm just gonna do kind of, uh, my usual of reading one of my old columns, um, your sick friend columns, and then kind of reflecting on it a bit. Um, it's probably going to be a bit of a shorter episode as I just sort of like get back in the swing of things. Um, and I'm thinking I might do like a little best of 2023, like disability illness related, maybe roundup on Substack. So keep an eye out for that too. Um, I might do, yeah, stuff that has to do with like illness, disability, and then also maybe just like things that I've been reading or listening to or watching um, while I've been <laughs> in bed <laughs> this past year. Um, and yeah, I want to start doing more stuff like that too. So if you don't already follow me on Substack, you can find me there at Sickos. And, um, I often will publish sort of like episode notes, resources, links to things that I mention there. Um, and occasionally little writing as well. And some of my artwork I share, so, yeah, I would love if you follow me over there. You can also um, contact me through Substack. So if you have any feedback or ideas or just want to say hi, I would love to hear from you. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much the only, like, social media that I have currently. So if you want to spread the word, um, go for it. You can, you know, share Twitter, whatever it's called, <laughs> X, um, Instagram, whatever. Um, I really rely on word of mouth to promote this podcast. So any anybody you want to share it with, go for it. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, okay. Sorry if this is just like kind of a, a boring one, but um, I was itching to get an episode out and... Here I am. I'm going to go into my column. Um, so if anybody is new here, also, hi, welcome. Welcome to Sicko's Podcast. I am Casey, your host. Um, and I started this podcast uh, because I am chronically ill and I feel like there's not a whole lot of media made by chronically ill people for chronically ill people and I think that like our stories and lives really matter especially in this time of mass illness and debility and there are more of us <laughs> than ever probably um as COVID continues to spread and wreak havoc in people's bodies um so yeah I wanted to create a space for us to kind of share 
our lives in kind of like a mundane day-to-day way and then also in like a larger more political way um really like reminding each other also just that like our lives matter and are worth living not like despite the you know pain and illness that we deal with but like among that (laughs) um that even as like yeah we are in pain often and um would obviously well from speaking for myself would love to not be in so much pain (laughs) so often um that's not like the only thing about my life and I've also learned a lot from my pain and from my experience of like I don't know yeah just living living in this body um and being a young person with illness and mobility issues can be really isolating and I just think it's important for us to have spaces to like talk frankly about what our lives are like and um what we value in them um we're often like talked about and not often given the space to speak for ourselves so that's what sickos is and so far um this is the 10th episode also that's kind of cool um so far I've just been primarily going through and reading this column that I've been writing for my local paper the Montague Reporter for the last two almost two years um it's called Your Sick Friend and I started writing it as sort of again kind of like a window into what life for a chronically ill and immune compromised person has been like during the pandemic um and yeah each episode I've gone back and read um kind of like in chronological order for the most part um from those columns and reflected on the writing and what's changed what's the same um both in terms of like my own life and then also with regard to the pandemic um so much has changed in the last two years um so it's been really interesting for me and and I hope for listeners to kind of reflect on the immense um just yeah change and struggle that these pandemic years have been and continue to be um so yeah, I've gone back and I've read those. I've reflected on them. Um, I've also sometimes will will read other things. Um, I read some letters from people living in Gaza um, as a way of being in solidarity with people who are going through the war on Gaza, the genocide in Gaza. Um, and I've also read um, a little bit from the diary of Frida Kahlo and I think I will continue to do like little reading sessions. Um, they may or may not be directly about, you know, illness or disability or whatever. They'll usually be adjacent to that in some way. Um, but sometimes I just enjoy reading to you guys. And I've heard from friends that um, sometimes reading is difficult and that sometimes it's nice to be read too. So. I enjoy doing that. It helps me process what I read um, in a different way. And I also struggle to read. I rely on audiobooks a lot. And 
that's partially um, just like physically holding a book has become difficult for me. So um, yeah, if I can read things to you guys on my phone, using my phone mount, hands-free, that's awesome. Uh, Benefits all of us. So yeah. Um, And like I said, this week, I will continue to read from my column. And in the future, I'm hoping that the format might change pretty dramatically in that I think almost every episode I would love to have a guest on. Um, And then, you know, here and there, I might return to reading the column, reading other things. I want to have bonus episodes. I have sort of plans for like a fun secret show (laughs) that I might put out um, potentially like behind like a Patreon subscription or something. Um, So yeah, lots of ideas, lots of plans. And I'm just really grateful for everyone who's been here with me from the beginning. Um, I feel like I'm yeah, just getting my my sea legs in this whole podcasting game. So um, your encouragement and yeah, listening has meant and continues to mean a lot. Um, so thank you. Um, I'm now going to, yeah, read my old column. This one came out in September of 2022, sort of the end of the, end of the summer. Um, I think, like, trying to remember where we were at in the pandemic at that point. I think that I was just about to get COVID again, uh, unbeknownst to me, um, a COVID infection was on the way, but yeah, at this point, um, the mask mandates had been lifted and, uh, I think it was still possible to get like PCR tests at Walgreens and drive-throughs and stuff. Um, but things were starting to wind down, um, we definitely like weren't getting pandemic protection money anymore or um any of those <laughs> like uh really wonderful benefits uh from those halcyon early early days of 2020 oh man um <laughs> anyways this this column's like a little bit less pandemic focused so here's um here it is Hey readers, welcome to the September installment of Your Sick Friend. Ever on brand, I'm writing to you from bed as I recover from my first major surgery and a partially dislocated sacrum. Folks, the fun never stops. While I usually use this column to relate my experience of illness and disability to the ongoing pandemic, this month I'm mostly going to focus on what it's like to be in my body when I'm dealing with this level of pain and immobility. Because, quite honestly, it's hard to think about anything else when my entire lower body feels like it's being slowly pulled apart and sloppily put back together. Two weeks ago, I had surgery for endometriosis, one of my many conditions. Endometriosis is a poorly understood, though not uncommon, disease where tissue that behaves similarly to the endometrial tissue found in the uterus develops outside of the uterus, usually somewhere else in the pelvic cavity. Like true endometrial tissue, each month this rogue tissue tries to shed itself. With nowhere to go, however, it ends up tearing, scarring, and adhering to structures inside the pelvis. 
This causes bloating and intense pain and can impact organ function. I once had endometriosis pain so bad I fell out of the shower and had to crawl to my bedroom because standing and walking hurt too much. It took me the better part of an hour to crawl down a short hallway. During surgery, three tiny incisions were made to my lower abdomen and a very small camera was inserted. Looking inside my pelvic cavity, my surgeon was able to find the endometrial lesions and adhesions and use a little cauterizing tool to burn them off. As unpleasant as that may sound, this surgery uh, means that I will hopefully be free from at least some of the pain I live with, though there will always be a chance new lesions will form. Recovery has been, for the most part, pretty smooth. Because I'm no stranger to bed rest, boredom, or pain, the last two weeks have honestly not felt that different from my usual life. I've watched movies, had visits from friends, and even gone on a few dates. Or rather, had dates come to me. Even homebound boys can have fun, damn it. A week after my surgery, I had started to experience a sharp increase in pain. Initially, I chalked it up to running out of the heavy-duty painkillers I was prescribed to get through the first few days post-operation. A charming aspect of my genetic disorder, hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, is that my body processes non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen and acetaminophen differently than most, meaning that they do fuck all to reduce pain. So once I ran out of oxycodone, I was basically left with ice packs and distractions for pain management. When the pain kept getting worse each day, I started worrying that something might be wrong. I was able to reschedule my post-op appointment and see my doctor sooner than planned so I could be sure nothing concerning was happening. And readers, wouldn't you know it, the nauseating pain I was in had little to nothing to do with my surgery. It turns out that my sacrum had decided that now would be a nice time to dislocate from my hip bones. I'm in bone grinding, bone grinding pain because my bones are literally grinding against each other. This happens a lot. Because my connective tissue is funky, yet another charming aspect of HEDS, I almost always have at least one bone out of joint. I rarely get full-on dislocations, but even partial dislocations, known as subluxations, can cause breathtaking pain. My pelvis, along with my ribs, shoulders, and jaw, is one of the least stable parts of my body. I'm nearly always subluxed to some degree. This time, I'm close to a full dislocation. I can hardly put weight on my left leg without a sharp stab of pain and aggressive muscle spasms shooting up and down my back. I'm in pain no matter what position I'm in. When a spasm hits, I sound like a person giving birth. Groaning, swearing, Lamaze breathing and all. This morning, I laid on my living room floor, listening to Fugazi and yelling, Fuck! Every five minutes, as invisible flaming knives dug their way into my pelvis and scraped up and down my back and legs. For now, this is all I've got for pain management. It doesn't work. Because dark humor is key to coping with chronic illness, I do find it kind of funny that I just had major surgery, 
and yet the wild pain I'm in isn't from being cut open and burned on the inside. Just my usual Humpty Dumpty of a body falling apart on a whim. And like Humpty Dumpty, I can't be put back together again. My subluxations tend to happen in joints that can't be easily shoved back into place. They just kind of hang around, causing me grief until they find their way back home. This can take hours to days. The longest subluxation I had lasted two months. I freaking hope it doesn't last that long this time. Wish me luck, friends. With love and rage, and probably shouting expletives from the floor, your sick friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am about a year and some change from that surgery, and exactly a month, wow, yeah, exactly a month away from my next surgery, um, and I am really hoping <laughs> that something similar doesn't happen, but I anticipate it will, um, I found that like anytime I've needed extended bed rest for whatever reason, my body tends to have some pretty major uh, subluxations and it can make the recovery a little more complex uh, to say the least. Um, my next surgery is top surgery. So at least there's something exciting on the other end of recovery. Um, endometrial surgery I honestly don't know how successful it was I have not been in less pain since it if anything I might be in more pain I don't think because of the surgery but um I got an IUD inserted at the same time as like a way to try to um prevent more endometrial tissue from forming um because it's a hormonal IUD and there's some, some thoughts that some hormonal birth control can help um, kind of stave off endometrial growth and lesions. Um, but the IUD can also be kind of painful. So I don't know, man, it's a real mixed bag. It's like really uh, pretty rough to have multiple conditions that are super underfunded in terms of like research and um treatment like there's just not much out there um for endometriosis other than these surgeries and um some amount of yeah hormonal therapy um and for me birth control is like one of the absolute worst medications for me to be on for my mental health uh if I take it in like pill form it's just really really not a good thing for me um so the IUD I have found after much trial and error is like definitely my best option um and I figure if I occasionally have to deal with incredibly bad cramps um but don't feel like I'm gonna die and lose my mind, then it might be worth the the pain. <laughs> um, these are the kinds of calculations I have to make. Um, 
And that's just with one particular condition and treatment. Um, I think as like any person with chronic illness knows, it's very difficult to find like a perfect treatment. Um, there's almost always some kind of side effect or, um, you know, maybe the, the medication works to some extent, but doesn't relieve all of the symptoms. Um, there's, there's very rarely like a total, um, controlling of, of whatever the condition is, um, with medication. It's just really, really hard. Um, and it can take a lot of trying different things to find something that does work imperfectly, but imperfectly enough. Um, that's usually the goal is getting it to work imperfectly enough. Uh, so if anybody's going through that right now, sending you a lot of solidarity. I'm kind of in that boat again now. I think I shared that, um, in the fall, I started some, uh, immunosuppressant treatment to try to control my autoimmune condition and, I've been on methotrexate since then, um, which is technically a chemotherapy drug. And as anybody who knows anything about chemotherapy knows, like they are brutal, brutal, brutal drugs. <laughs> and I have felt like absolute shit for the last couple of months as I've been trying to to test this out and see if it was bringing any benefits. And um, I've been on it. It kind of takes a while for you to know if it's helping um, so you kind of have to just like hang in there through the initial side effects and, um, kind of acclimating to it. And then eventually if it's the right medication, it'll, it'll often start to have noticeable, um, impacts in a positive way. <laughs> um, but for me, I just continued to get newer and weirder and more potentially concerning, side effects. Um, so I have been told to stop that medication immediately and, um, I won't be starting a new immune suppressant until after my top surgery. So I've got a little break, which in some ways is nice, but I'm just really crossing my fingers that my autoimmune condition doesn't flare up in the meantime. So send me some, some prayers, some thoughts and prayers my way. I would appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, and I feel like there was something else I was going to bring up from that. I guess just like often, I think a lot of people who deal with pretty intense chronic pain, you kind of just become almost like desensitized to it. And I know for me, I don't talk about it a ton to the people in my life, or if I do, like, the people around you kind of get used to it <laughs> and like you know I think like one of my most common subluxations is like my um SI joint my sacroiliac joint um which is like basically in the pelvis and then I also have a couple ribs that love to pop out of place um these like hurt like a motherfucker, like hurt so bad, hurt constantly, no matter what I do. And there's like no way to just like 
stretch in the right way or get a massage or something to kind of get everything to go back in place like it just even if that works for like a second it'll the tension in my muscles will cause it to pop out again um and yeah you know when (laughs) if you're like a a normal able-bodied person and you tell someone that you dislocated a rib most people's reaction is like oh holy shit like that must be brutal like do you need ice? Like, do you need anything? Can I, you know, can you call off of work? Like whatever. But when it's something that happens to you every day and is kind of just like the state of what your body, just how you live, how your body does its thing, like not only do you kind of become accustomed to it, but people in your life also become accustomed to it. And it makes sense. But sometimes I feel like you know, people who I lived with, family members, close friends, like, forget, like, how much pain I'm in all the time. (laughs) Um, And it felt really good to write this column. I remember at the time just being like, I'm not going to hold back. I'm just going to talk about what it literally feels like. I'm going to describe my pain as best I can. Pain is such a hard thing to describe. It's like one of the most elusive experiences to talk about and to try to convey to someone else if they haven't experienced it. It's like, yeah, truly just slippery and elusive. Um, but it felt good to like, I don't know, just let it out. And it it helped me kind of like deal with the pain in a different way I think a really normal and often pretty effective way for me to deal with pain is to kind of like dissociate a little bit to kind of just like hover my consciousness slightly outside of my body um through distractions and um just like not not giving it my attention sometimes that's just like what I have to do and I I have to do that without any judgment for myself about that. Um, But it can sometimes be helpful to actually sink into the experience and be like, okay, like I'm going to like dip my toe into actually giving this pain full attention and try to put words to it and that can be really overwhelming, can be really, like, kind of overstimulating. Um, but it, it can also, I don't know, be... Not, not even necessarily cathartic, because it doesn't shift the pain, but I think it helps me have more compassion for myself um to it's almost like seeing my actually seeing myself and being like oh babe like ouch (laughs) you know like you're you're going through it right now so like maybe you shouldn't be so hard on yourself for like forgetting to call your dad (laughs) like you know or whatever the thing is um it it helps me give myself like a little more credit for the things that I am able to do um through the pain that I live with um 
and you know that the pain ebbs and flows um there are definitely better and worse days um but there's never a day when I'm without pain and I think that that is something that a lot of people probably relate to and also might be surprised to hear (laughs) um uh, you know like I think both can be true we can be surprised that like other people deal with pain as much as we do um and then if you're somebody who doesn't (laughs) deal with pain every day um maybe hearing that gives you a little bit more appreciation for those who do deal with that um and I think more people live with pain that they don't talk about then then I think yeah we have any way to to really acknowledge or realize um yeah just noticing pain in my body in this moment um taking a minute to just actually let myself do a little inventory (laughs) of pain and I don't know you do you but maybe you want to do that maybe you find it helpful maybe you're like fuck no I'm just fine hovering outside my body and that's great I encourage that if that works for you Yeah, that that same familiar rib is definitely out of place for me right now. And another one a little lower down. I've got some kind of weird migraine situation today. One of the new side effects I've been dealing with with the methotrexate, which was the kind of final straw for me uh, deciding to go off of it is that I developed a new kind of visual disturbance, um, visual aura. It's it's not like my migraine aura, which like my migraine aura kind of looks like like a sparkler going off. It's kind of pretty, but I'm always like, oh, fuck. Um, Because it means I'm going to get a migraine. But this is really different. It's called a scintillating or scintillating scotoma I love saying it scintillating scotoma some ASMR for you um and it's like this weird kind of like swirl like pixelated swirl in my vision that I can't see past it's like just sort of in the corner of my vision um and it looks like static on an old tv but like in the color of the things that I'm seeing um if that makes sense. If you Google scintillating scotoma, (laughs) you can see like a gif someone made. And I was like, oh shit, whoa, that really is what it looks like. Um, it's really helpful and cool. Um, but I learned that that can be a pretty alarming, potentially sign of optic atrophy, um, that can lead to permanent vision loss. (laughs) And that was a side effect I was not told about. Um, so I went off the methotrexate right away and still getting the scintillating scotoma, um, comes and goes, but I've been getting, yeah, weird, like eye pain and eye strain and migraine and it sucks. And I'm 
a little freaked out by it. Um, so take your, take your symptoms and your side effects seriously. And, um, you know, don't, don't let your friends or doctors make you feel like you're imagining it or overblowing it. You deserve to not be dealing with unnecessary pain and, uh, potential damage to your body while you're trying to trying to manage another thing altogether another condition um so anyways that was my little inventory of the pain I'm currently in and trying to meet that pain with neutrality it's not a curse or a punishment. Didn't do anything wrong. It's just here. It's also not a gift from God or a, a, a <laughs> like invitation to a spiritual journey through the liminal experience of pain. If if that's how you relate to your pain, that's fine. That's good. But that way of thinking about illness as like a spiritual calling or something kind of fucked me up (laughs) um a few years past I like yeah that was a a big way that I conceptualized my body and my mysterious symptoms was a sign a spiritual sign of some kind of growth that needed to happen and led to me putting a lot of pressure and blame on myself for something that just I was literally born with and can't change. Um, Many of my conditions are genetic, and so there's nothing I can do but, you know, accept them and live with them and, yeah, try to meet them with neutrality and compassion for myself. And if anything, if it's an invitation to anything, it's an invitation to more compassion for other people who also live with pain and to all of you who are in pain while listening to this pain of any kind I'm sending you a lot of love and solidarity and I hope that you can absorb that and uh yeah maybe beam some love and compassion for yourself and you know, on that note, I think I'm gonna leave it here. I may or may not be back next week on my birthday. Maybe I'll do something special. I don't know. I'll think about it. Um, and in the meantime, take care of yourselves out there. Wear your mask if you're able to. Um, there are some legit, you know, medical reasons not to wear a mask. But if you are medically able, please, for the love of God wear your mask out in public it's good for everybody including you and yeah just stay as you know safe as you can um it's a big scary world out there but also full of of good things and good people too and yeah whatever (laughs) um that's enough Sickos of the world, unite.
Mwah.